0: This podcast is part of the Podcavern Network. Check out other Podcavern shows at podcavern.com. Not quite two years, but getting there. Call it month 22. I have been walking for months, Deirdre. Looking straight ahead, never back, never sideways. Like I'm a horse with blinders. Like a donkey with blinders, more like. Barely blinking, verdammt nochmal. I left Danica at the gate of her school, and it's the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm sorry. You know I love you, Dee, but I've never lied to you, and that's just the truth. You know me, I can't talk without music. Here we go. Pergolesi's Stabat Mater matches my mood. Ha ha ha. That morning, I put on my new self cleaning underwear, my St. Gemma's Academy hoodie, my third pair of boots, my spanking new backpack. Present from the pupils. Can you believe that? I slung my axe over my shoulder. I walked with Danica to the gate. I kissed her. And I kissed her again. And she almost said something and didn't and kissed me. I told her I'd see her in the dreaming, which I haven't. Fuck it all. Not once since. Then I left her there. Got back on the big long road. And never looked back. There was one thought in my brain then, Deirdre. Then and for a couple of days afterwards. That thought was You're an asshole bonds. Took me three weeks to even begin to consider the possibility that I hadn't made the biggest mistake of my life. I doubted myself. I doubted Herr Gustavo. I doubted my vocation. I doubted my verdammt faith. I doubted God. It's okay. You're allowed to. I'm recording this today because two things happened to me in the last few months. One was in a long dream, about a year long, give or take. One was in my waking life, that one just happened today, not two hours ago. These two things are not really a sequence. They are not naturally linked. They don't intrinsically form a narrative arc. Human existence doesn't work that way. But when I think about them, When I arrange them in my mind in order to tell them to you, they fall into place and start telling a story. I'm in a small clearing right now, at the end of a path, about two kilometers away from the next hatch. You can hear it, way at the back, if you listen carefully. Yeah, that's it. I'm grilling wild mushrooms sprinkled with garam masala, another lovely present, this one from the kitchen staff at St. Gemma's, and the smell is amazing. It's about 7 in the evening, it rained today, but it's dry enough now. There's a brook nearby, you hear it? It's much louder than the hatch, which is why I'm camped here. That water is perfectly clean, just sparkling. No need for purification tablets, the omnibook told me that. The Lord's own drink. Not that that's what I'm having now. Thanks be to God. The side of my abdomen is pumped full of sterilizing foam, too. I'm going to be okay, but it stings a bit. Maybe you could tell. And it could have been bad. It could have been very bad indeed. Well, never mind that. About six weeks ago, I found myself in one of my long dreams. I spent most of it with Val, staring at hatch blueprints by day and trying to prepare my soul for the building of them through prayer mostly by night. Val, not that he is, believes that mortification of the flesh should be part of the training. (laughs) But I'm less than convinced seems to me that the your-body-is-the-problem angle of the mind-body-spirit principle is where we lose most people. I'm not mortifying my flesh, not outside of a reasonable Lenten discipline, not to learn to build fadan hatches, for heaven's sake. Vol can go climb a tree. My belly injury has nothing to do with this. Mind me well. I did set out on a sort of tangential errand in the dream. A secondary expedition, a a side quest, I suppose you could call it. Turns out, part of what powers hatches, part of that little bit of soul I'm on my way to developing, is a small, glowy thing. It can be anything, really. A gem, a collapsed star, a flower, a song. Depending on where you find it, I guess. Dreamside, or in the waking world. I think it exists... Simultaneously in both, if you ask me, Day. Anyway, that's that's not the important bit. All quests have MacGuffins, and they're often glowy doodads. The damned thing was atop a mountain, so it's not even like it was subtle or anything. (laughs) Days on a craggy, wet, crumbly stone path under a baleful gray sun. I slept on dank ledges, overlooking jagged drops that nearly had me vomit in fear. I say slept. If you think cold and wet isn't miserable because you're in a dream, you're crazy, I'll tell you that much, Deirdre. I crawled on my hands and knees when it all turned to ice and mushy snow and became too slippery to walk. I cried, trying to light a fire in the wind and sleep. It was in a cave at the summit. Not the cave from my remembering forward dream, the one with the door and my dad being all judgy. Nope, not that one. Just a a recess in a huge boulder, really. Piece of crystal, glowy enough, purple with veins of pink and coral. It was unguarded, just waiting for me. It was when I was bringing it down the mountain that I was tested, Dee. In the end, all it took was one reaver blocking my path, huge, red-eyed, be-weaponed and blustery, shrieking about blasphemy and desecration and whatnot, demanding I release the crystal to him. He had a sacred name for it, of course he would. I forget what it was now. I very nearly gave it to him, you know. After all, sacred is sacred, for all that it's in the eye of the believer. Of course I'd respond to that line of argument. I've I've no doubt I could find that crystal's equivalent in many forms in many other dreams and regions of the waking worlds. It's not what it looks like that matters. The point is not how it rests in your hand. <sighs> but But the brute gave one of those little for-damned half-smiles as he reached for it, with a gleam in the eye fucking snapped. I'd been a month traipsing over that miserable mountain day. Even then, at first I just wanted to walk around him and get out of there. But he made it a question of me having to fight him. And then he made it a question of me having to hurt him. He had a gun and a sword and an awful lot of gumption. I had my axe, my rage, and Herr Gustavo's strange took nearly 2 years. But I finally killed someone on this trip, day. I know what you're yelling right now, and God bless you for it. But no. It's not that simple. Did I really kill someone? You wonder. I'm not 100% certain, Deirdre, but I know how I feel. You have to understand just how real the dreaming is in a way i'm angry at Herr gustavo the two wings of our training don't feel like they belong on the same on the same bird on the one side life is sacred turn the other cheek give all you have on the other here's how you julien your target without getting blood on your shirt see what i mean it's either a riddle a koan you know or you're just getting set up to fail Lots of anger in this recording, isn't there? I built a cairn for the dude. Yes, in the dream. And you know what I left on top of it to mark his grave? A crystal. Val was upset with me, so was Herr Gustavo for the matter of eh? that, but well, it's, it's between God and me. I'll find it again if I really need it. Okay, fast forward to today. Not in a dream, I don't think. I was attacked by a wild boar today. Well, whatever they've got here on Schritt 3 that's like a wild boar. Big, pig-like, hoofed quadruped with a large snout, small horns, two tusks that are way longer and pointier than they need to be, and a short fuse, covered in bristly orange hair. I, I don't know what I did to incense it, but it was bad. That guy was incensed. It came out of nowhere, but with the noise it generated, there was, there was no way he could take me by surprise. I can see, with my eyes, right now, the path it made to get into this clearing, and the path it made to get out. It's like a combine harvester went through the bush. I'll tell you something, Deirdre. I was not going to kill that creature. It charged at me like a verdammt shuttle on main, but I danced around it. I was not going to kill it. Not even after it near sliced me open. It didn't. Don't worry. I will be left with a hell of a scar, even after the simul skin application. I didn't kill it! I did shear the half off one of its tusks, though, before it gave it all up as a bad job. It'll have a story to tell, too, I guess. But I didn't kill it. I don't know what it all means, Dee. I have no real insight to give you. I killed a man in my dream. I didn't kill a boar in this clearing today. I just know I've been sick over the former, and I feel pretty good about the latter. Tomorrow I'm walking through the hatch to Schritt 4. Herr Gustavo told me that's probably where I'll finally find my tree. Remember that? Not looking forward to it. Lost a foot in that dream. Ask Reverend Mbayo to say a mass for that man I killed, will you, Deirdre? All the best to you and yours. Why in the fuck are they taking it so slow?
1: Notes to Oniric, month 22. By Tefer Troy, doctoral candidate, Alternative Narrative Traditions, Universite de Montreal, October 24th, 683. UDMID TT 603 782. In this episode, the author both tells a story and discourses on narrative principles and techniques. Anthropology tells us that storytelling seems to be a universal human trait, and that entails the ability to look at events in a sequential way, both chronologically and thematically. Human beings extract meaning out of, or map meaning onto, disparate events by telling them in a specific order, emphasizing certain details and minimizing or, indeed, omitting others. The two dramatic incidents that Vons relates here— The killing of the reaver in The Dreaming and the attack of the wild boar in The Waking World are clearly drawn together in this way. And what's more, Vons explicitly draws our attention to the mechanics of what he is doing. He calls his search for the crystal a side quest, a term usually found in the context of video games. He textually refers to the crystal as a MacGuffin. This word, popularized by film director Alfred Hitchcock is defined as an object that is necessary to the plot or to a character's motivation, but unimportant or irrelevant in itself. Vons calls it a glowy doodad, which puts me in mind of the unseen contents of the briefcase in Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Vons, I would argue, either understands that he is in a story or is trying to live his own life as though it were a story— not unlike Roland, the hero in King's The Dark Tower. The mind-body-spirit principle is a common Christian framework to apprehend the nature of human existence. And of course many religions, not only the Christian one, tend to take a dim view of the bodily aspect of this equation, for reasons too numerous and complex for me to detail here. Suffice it to say that once again, Wanderer's interpretation of common religious themes is peculiarly his own. Listeners may remember that back in episode 6, I mentioned a potentially exciting discovery in the Google archives. It is with some eagerness that I can reveal that I have indeed unearthed a new, crucial fact about Oniric – This led to a veritable cascade of new information, which I am still in the process of cleaning up, as it were. A formal announcement will be appended to next week's episode, which, by happy coincidence, is the last one of the first season.
0: Have you ever wondered what it's like to live in a city full of superheroes? To literally see people fly across the sky. To... To... Uh, ah, crap. What are you up to, Angus? Oh, hey, Sal. Uh, I'm trying to record an ad for the podcast. Heroes Don't Do Paperwork? Yeah, that one. Need any help? Yeah, actually. Um, I'm just trying to tell people about the show, about, about how you and I work at a newspaper in Super City, and how we interview various citizens, from the people we call neighbors to the city's greatest heroes.
1: But, um having trouble wording it. You could just use that section you recorded and put that in. Huh. Yeah, I I suppose I could. Thanks, Sal. Don't worry about it. I'm off to the office supply store. It got hit with a shrink ray, so everything is 50% off. Want to come? You know what? I kind of do.
0: Oh, uh, for those of you hearing this, if you want to hear more about the thrilling adventures and heroics of Super City, come check out Heroes Don't Do Paperwork on the Podcavern Network. Alright,